Network. Tonight's show, The Bare Truth, Love, Life, Sex, and Flowers with Miss Jazzy Jones. We want to thank all of our listeners for actually tuning in this evening for this live broadcast. For those who are listening to us online, feel free to chat with us at blogtalkradio.com slash loudmouthradio, or you can type in your browser directly, loudmouthradio.com, and follow us there. For those who would like to call in and speak with our hosts or our live listeners, please feel free to call at 347-826-7520. This broadcast is a live feed via Internet on Blog Talk Radio. Connect with us on Facebook.com slash loudmouthonline and like our page. Feel free to post questions and comments on our Loudmouth Radio page and follow our upcoming broadcasts. Tonight is one of three shows currently broadcast on Loudmouth Radio, so be sure to check in with us each Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We are available for live chat on blogtalkradio.com slash loudmouthradio. And make sure when you're typing in loudmouth that you're typing in two Ds. This program will also be available for download and on-demand on our blogtalkradio.com slash loudmouthradio anytime after 10 p.m., each and every night that we broadcast. Loudmouth Radio is one of the Internet's hottest online radio networks. Our talk shows cover topics that are geared towards empowerment, inspiration, and entertainment. Connect with us live, online, and on demand 24-7 on loudmouthradio.com and share with us your thoughts on what inspires you. Currently, we have exciting rates available, so make sure you connect with us. Uh, feel free to call anytime between 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. Monday through Friday at our Loudmouth Media offices at 706-363-3895. And without further ado, your host for the evening, Ms. Jazzy Jones. Hello, everyone. Good evening. I am so glad, as I always am, to join you this Tuesday evening at 8 p.m. as we have so uh, wonderfully come to know our time together. It has been a very beautiful day here in Atlanta, Georgia, and I am just relaxed here in the studio. I got my cup of tea. You know, I wanted to do that whole Wendy Williams, The View. I think we're going to start getting mugs. Our producer said we're going to have loud mouth mugs. I'm so excited. Because for those of you that know me, I am a mug fanatic. I love um, beautiful mugs and you know, beautiful mugs is the key word, not just any old mug, but I'm sitting here with my mug that has a really cute girl on it, and I have my ginger tea, and I'm just enjoying this opportunity to bring to you the topic for the evening, which is autism. For those of you that don't know, this is Autism Month, Autism Awareness Month, and we didn't want to let this month go out without us addressing um, this topic, and a lot of you don't know, um, as I didn't, even though I've been surrounded by it with um, some friends of mine who are caregivers with, with um, autistic clients, and they were just amazing, but many of you and myself didn't know, you know, some of the the breakdowns and the clinical things and how a family actually deals with autism. So, I kind of wanted to bring this topic to you tonight so that we could get a better understanding from the inside and out about how autism really affects us, um, you know, not only in 
white families, which, and I don't really like to say white. You know, I love to say my vanilla people. When Michelle was on the show, I, I called them vanilla people because, you know, color, we get into the whole black, white. But I will just say in our culture, and I am an African-American, we don't address certain things. And so I have two guests tonight that are chocolate people, <laughs> brown-skinned people as some of the grandkids and, and some of the children call us. But um, we're going to address it from the brown-skinned people um, this evening. But as I was saying, vanilla people or Caucasian people, as most people say, they address so many issues or challenges or um disorders or in in the new term that I've been saying lately, handicapable issues and challenges. They address it, they come together, they have support and, you know, so many things are found out and laws are passed and different things are done because people rally together. Whereas we oftentimes with autism and so many other things we feel shame about it, and we feel that, you know, it's it's the hush-hush. We don't talk about it. We don't address it. We deal with it silently. We deal with it within the family, and, you know, we get through it. So tonight I wanted to bring all beautiful sides um, about families that have children and have nieces, have brothers, have sisters, you know, or are autistic themselves, because there are some very highly functioning autistic people. Um, So we wanted to bring this out this month and tonight so that you are fully aware of when you see certain attributes. Be careful how you say, you know, this child shouldn't, couldn't, or wouldn't do that. You know, I've said it myself coming from a very strict family growing up and watching children act out in public, and I thought, you know, all children are the same. You just handle them with one rule, one antidote, and that is it. But I've since then learned that not all children are acting out because they're just, quote-unquote, bad kids. Not all adults are acting out because they just didn't get it. It's so many people, like I was saying, I had a really good friend of mine who was a caregiver, and she walked, uh, she worked, I'm sorry, with very high, what's called high-functioning autistic clients. And to see them, they have very little um, attributes, a few attributes. If you get, just kind of looked at them real good, you could tell certain things might have been different about them, but for the most part, they worked, they, you know, shopped, they did everything together. Matter of fact, it was at a group home that she worked for, several different group homes, and um, she worked with several different clients, and she used to crack me up with all of the stories. I actually am a hairstylist 30 years in, and um, so I used to go and cut hair for a couple of the group homes. And so she would tell me different stories of the other clients that she had. Well, these were highly functioning clients. Okay, I'm not going to get tickled tonight. I'm not going to get tickled. Nevertheless, she had this one guy who um, he was able to go to work, able to dress himself. He lived in a very beautiful home, this particular group home. You would have never known it was a group home. 
and had very successful parents that also assisted him. Well, one night he called on the phone for what the caregivers at the time um, thought he was getting a pizza delivered because he always would order pizza. So he made a phone call and had a pizza delivery person (laughs) come over to the house. Well, it was a female who delivered the pizza, and um, when she got there, she asked for this particular person's name, and I won't say any names in case they're listening, but she asked for the particular person's name. Let's call him, oh, let's call him Charles. So she asked for Charles, and the caregiver said, are you here to deliver the pizza? And she said, no, I'm not here to deliver pizza. I'm actually here to see Charles. And so the caregiver began to, you know, kind of probe and ask and uh, ask questions, and come to find out that this highly functioning autistic man had called for a prostitute to come <laughs> to come over and to fulfill his desires. This show is about love, life, sex, and flowers, and he definitely covered the sex part. However, his whole plan was spoiled when she found out uh, what the young lady was there for. Needless to say that the young lady was very angry because she was unable to get paid and um, just quite comical. So I'm saying all of that to say, although you may have seen some cases and some some scenarios where autistic people are not able to function on their own. There are some very highly functioning autistic people. So they even want sex, they want food, they want to shop, they want a life. And a lot of them do have everyday lives. So it's important for us to always be in the know. Um, Another one of the situations, and I could tell you stories upon stories, and I used to laugh until I almost cried, but it was very, very funny Um, It was one particular young lady in this group home. She was really smart as well, wasn't as highly functioning on her own, so she had to have, you know, some care and supervision more so than the um, other group. But we're going to call her Mandy. So Mandy gets in the car. She's driving around with the caregiver because most of you um, have seen caregivers walk around the stores, and they're taking groups of people, some of them, you know, less functioning than others. But if you've ever seen them, they, you know, they go different places so that they can have outings, so that they won't just sit in the homes and do nothing, get bored, limbs get stiff. So they take them out. So they were out this particular day, and she was, she's very short, maybe about four feet. So she's in the car, and she's enjoying her ride. She's enjoying the day, and she loves this particular caregiver, although she acted out a lot. And so she would fight the caregivers normally. Well, they had come to a truce where she no longer fought her, and she was respected, and she respected the caregiver. Okay, so they're sitting in the car, and imagine, if you will, this very tiny young lady four feet tall, and she's sitting in the car. She has her seat laid back and joined this little sports car that the caregiver has. So this guy cuts off the caregiver. We're going to call the caregiver Rachel. So Rachel is, of course, upset and 
almost forgetting that she has Mandy in the car, and she's just like, I can't believe this guy, and he cut me off. And so Mandy says, boss, because she calls her boss lady. She said, boss lady, what happened? And so Rachel says to Mandy, you know, he cut me off, and he just jumps over into my lane, and I just can't believe it. Now, meanwhile, Mandy's laid back in the chair, and so she's talking to to you know, Rachel the whole time, and she's like, he did what? And she's like, yeah, he just cut me off, and he's just driving all crazy. Well, the car had cut her off and gotten back on the side and was riding beside her. And so Mandy pulls her chair up, looks out the window and goes, hey, you jackass, stop it. And then she slams her chair back down. (laughs) So by the time the guy looks over, All he sees is Rachel looking at him because she can't believe that Mandy just made the statement. And so now the car is thinking that Rachel made the statement. Now, mind you, I'm dying laughing as she's showing me the expressions and the attitude and how angry Mandy, this autistic young lady who people don't believe can understand things, can comprehend, can do things on her own, makes a statement to this car. So I'm laughing, I'm cracking up, I'm crying, and then, you know, of course, we're just in stitches and in tears because it's things like that that is hilarious that most people wouldn't think, you know, that an autistic person can do or that an autistic person would put two and two together to formulate, you know, jackass, number one, but understanding that Rachel was getting so upset about somebody cutting her off. I'm saying all of these little funny stories to say, guys, it is so important for us to, one, treat people with some type of disabilities as a real person, with real thoughts, with real emotions, with real feelings. It's also equally important to realize that they are capable of doing things. And so not to handicap them off, but make them handicapable. Make them capable of um, thinking and, you know, exploring and desiring. They are so smart. It is unreal. And a lot of times people put them in the box that, yeah, it's okay. They have all of this smart, all of these smarts and intelligence, but they don't know what to do with them. Well, on certain occasions, they don't know what to do with them because there's so much information. It's so, so, so much information that, you know, sometimes it's very difficult for them to know what to do with that information because of the way their brain thinks. But at the same time, there are other things that is just as normal, quote-unquote normal, for for what normal is, really. But, you know, they do things just like any other child. They do things like any other person. And it's really, really important that we respect the little things that they do, compliment them for the little things and the little joys that they bring, because it is really the simple and the little things in life that really matter. So... Tonight we have some really great guests that are going to um, be calling in with us. We did have some planned visits to the studio, but, you know, you have to remember this show is about autism, and so um, we do have parents 
that have children that they're not so gracious to having an 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock upset of their evening. And so they're going to call in a little bit later and talk to us about their experience. But I kind of wanted to give you, you know, just a few things before they come on and give you the total breakdown. I've been posting all day. Um, and just all this week we've been talking about loving some with, someone with autism. I had a lot of people on Facebook and Twitter today that just gave us a thumbs up on our I Love Someone with Autism badge. And um, another one that talked about single mothers and autism. I can't imagine being a single mom, and I was a single mom for a long time, and having a child with special needs and not having a support group. So I'm really excited that, you know, we do have support groups right here in Atlanta. I'm going to be posting some of this stuff and sending information to our producer so she can get that out, and then our guests are going to come on and talk about it. But I just wanted to kind of give you just a little bit about what autism is and uh, just the medical definition of what autism is. And I'll, I'll kind of read a little bit. Autism is a development disorder that is defined by behaviors including impaired social interaction, delayed and disordered language, and having isolated areas of interest. So you remember when I started out and I said sometimes we see kids or adults for that matter and we see them in a different light. We see them as they're just acting out, they're just misbehaving or even in adults who look functionable. A lot of times they don't know how to deal with social interactions and you don't even realize they're autistic but we are quick to speak out against it. Okay, so be careful. I'll read that again. Autism is a development disorder that is defined by behaviors including impaired social interaction, delayed and disordered language, and having isolated areas of interest. You know, you've seen some children a lot of times, and I speak a lot about kids because, you know, tonight really is about families and um, parents who have autistic children, maybe at an early age, teenage um, stages. So I'm, you know, kind of covering the, the areas of children, but I do, you know, like I said, I have very many friends that are caregivers of, of adults. But have you seen some children that get fixated on just one thing? Um, you know, it may be, no, I only want to play with trains or I only want to play with cars or I have to wear a certain outfit every single day or if I don't, you know, my world is just crashed. Like they take it to the extreme. It may be certain signs of autism and, you know, because it is a hush-hush um, disorder, a lot of times people don't, you know, they, you know, they're misdiagnosed or they don't seek out help. So that may be, you know, one of the telltale signs that may get you going into studying or researching or seeking a pediatrician or a doctor that may help you begin the test for autism. Uh, I had a really dear friend of mine who's an adult, and <laughs> he only would eat, je- he loved jelly beans. He would only eat a certain color at a time. You could not 
eat the red ones. If he started out eating green and he offered you one, you had to eat the green ones. You could not eat anything but the green ones, or if it was red and vice versa. So little things like that where they get fixated on certain things. Nevertheless, what causes autism? It was once believed that autism was the result of faulty parenting. Can you imagine? Can you imagine somebody saying, well, it's your fault, and that's why this child is like it is, or that's why this child is behaving the way they are. However, in 1984, Drs. Margaret Barnum and Thomas Kemper reported anatomic abnormalities in the brain of a 29-year-old man with autism studied in comparison to that of an age six-match control. These anatomic abnormalities show for the first time that the autism is a disorder of brain development, probably beginning at birth or before birth. While the causes of the autism remain poorly defined, research strongly suggests that genetics play a significant role and environmental and epigenic factors may also be involved. So it's a lot of things that they're discovering, you know, because research continues. It goes on and on and on. So fortunately, you have people that study and research, study and research so that they can come up, one, with a definition. It's nothing worse than to walk around with something going on in your mind or in your body and you have no clue what it is. And not to be able to put a name to it or not to be able to put a definition to it leaves you in limbo because then you go through the I'm not normal. You go through the what's wrong with me stages. And as parents, I can only imagine what a parent must have felt prior to it being defined that, you know, what did I do wrong to create this child who behaves or who does not behave or who reacts or not reacts, whatever the conditions may be. To have a parent that feels so inadequate or feels so lost and then all of a sudden, can you imagine all of the people that went before 1984 who thought I'm such a horrible parent or having their children put in asylums and mental institutions and being deemed crazy simply because they had a disorder. So it's such an amazing thing, research. It's such a a, a powerful tool that, you know, I can give a dollar or I can give a hundred or I can give a million and somebody can research brain cells or research um, studies in mice and, in you know, different animals, and a lot of people hate that. And, you know, I'm an animal lover, so I'm not one that's just prone on animal testing. But I can say that through it all, we have come a very far and a long way to being able to find out what goes on within the brain and what goes on with genetics. And, you know, psychologists have studied and psychiatrists have studied the, you know, the mind and and understanding how we work and how environmental things and, you know, dysfunctional families and functional families, how everything comes together to bring us to an answer. And so I'm really glad that we have come so far in just, you know, continuing to understand what autism is about. For many of you that don't know the um, color 
for the month is blue, and I, I'm, I'm not going to expound too much because I don't want to take away from some of the awesome things that our guests are going to be talking about tonight. I want to just take a minute, though. We, we do have some sponsors this evening. And so I want to always step back a minute because we have to pay for this show. And once again, I want to thank you guys because it is an uh, an amazing tool that we have here and a great producer that gives us the leeway to be able to talk about this show. So I want to step back just briefly. Oh, I'm being cute. I'm being cute. We do have a caller. So before we pay the bills, we'll, we'll accept callers. So caller, are you there? <clears throat> I am. This is Cheryl Thomas. How are you, and how's everybody Hi, on the line? Cheryl, I'm doing well. How are you, honey? Thank you much for calling in. You have a statement or a question? Um, no questions. Um, just a, a brief story. Um, um, I have a son. He's seven years old. Mm-hmm. Adopted him at birth. He was three days old. He was wow. diagnosed with autism, um, uh, pervasive development disorder, at just shy of his second birthday. Wow. And I am a first of all, thank you all because this oh. is and dear to my heart and when I got the message that this would be going on today i'm so i I was at another meeting, a sponsorship meeting of my own because it is mm. no autism awareness month, yeah, and um we kicked off our um campaign here in Georgia for the um autism speaks Georgia walk yes, and we kicked I off our camp today. Yes, we kicked off our campaign um, April 2nd, which is World Autism Day, and they have a huge campaign, Light It Up Blue. And I have been, I quit my job because I wanted to know more about autism. And to have an outlet like this um, is just unbelievable because there are so many stories to share because there's so much, you know, things that people are unaware about, about mm-hmm. our mm-hmm. children. Mm-hmm. And they don't quite understand um, the amount of, you know, just things that we go through on a day-to-day basis. Um, right. teaching our, I will say my son is seven years old. Mm-hmm. Um, his birth mom was also on the spectrum. And we don't know if it's hereditary or not because, again, do we really know? Yes, yes. And, that was one of the things that we were like, okay, well, is this something that is genetic? Because mm-hmm. there was another person in her family that was also diagnosed with ADD. A lot of people okay. don't know that ADD, ADHD are also on the spectrum. Right, right. AJ is doing fantastic. And anyone mm-hmm. that has, um, that's on the line that may be here in Georgia, mm-hmm. um, that has a child on the spectrum, there's so much here in the state of Georgia um, that we benefit from. Um, Different types of therapy. Georgia is um, a babies um, babies can't wait state. You get your child in, and the services are tremendous. My son goes to regular school. He goes to Kingsley Uh Kingsley Charter School. Okay. He's on target um, with all the other kids. He is part-time in a regular general ed classroom, and he's really developed over time. We have been fortunate that his dad works um, for CNN because a lot of therapy and that sort of thing, it's not covered. CNN offers an additional autism benefit. And I tell people that because you never know what your job might be able to do for you. Say it one more time so that they can hear it. You never know. Go to HR and ask. 
what can you do for my family? We're family living with autism. Wow. CNN has benefit where we're, you know, and we don't, unfortunately, we don't have the time to do all the things that we could be doing. Music therapy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It is, I, I was listening at the repetition. They they pretty much thrive on doing things over and over and over the same way. That's right. That's right. I, my son at three years old broke into my iPhone with with a code that he just I don't know how he did it. Yeah. And then he reset my iPhone too, which was not a good thing. But they exactly their brains because it it is a developmental brain Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. thing, and I I don't know how to explain that or say that, but that's how I feel about it. Right. And he has with all the different things the therapy with um you know just um the social skills we're still lacking yeah. and we're working yeah. on that um but it takes so much to do different things like that but um I am a huge advocate if there's anybody on the line that wants to join my team you know Sunny has my numbers um I I you know want to be a any part that I could possibly play in helping get awareness out about autism, oh I'm off for it. Cheryl, I'm so don't go don't go yet if you have a minute. I'm so excited about you calling for for various reasons. Do you mind me asking you, are you chocolate or are you vanilla or of other culture? I am chocolate as they get. <laughs> okay. And the reason I ask and you know, this is not a black and white at all. But it is very much one of the things that I try to address because we're not afraid to address it anyway. But Mm -hmm. I try to address things that different cultures and minorities don't always want to talk about. And we are so, in the chocolate descent, we're so cautious about saying things. We don't want to ask for help. We don't want to tell people at our job, you know, well, I have a son that's autistic. There are some things I can and can't do. There are some things I can and cannot be a part of because I have a special needs child. And so, you know, we don't want to put our business out in the street. I'm so, so exceptionally glad that you guys stepped forward and said, listen, this is where we are, and what can you do about it, and what, you know, what um, things are offered. It's amazing. Kudos to CNN for stepping up to the plate and saying, hey, we have some extras. I did earlier today, actually earlier this week, found out about um, Autism Speaks, and I was just like, yes. So I have pulled all of these different things out. Autism Speaks was was one of the the groups. So do you have a uh, – you said you have your own benefit. Is there something that we can help promote for you? Oh, most definitely. Um, first, and we're closing out Autism Awareness Month. Mm-hmm. Um, in May, uh, the Georgia Walk is – May 19th, it's a Sunday, 9.30, um, at Atlantic Station. Okay. I have a Georgia called for AJ, and this is our um, uh, milestone years. This is we're, this is our sixth walk, but the first year we walked with Turner. Um, but okay. But we've, we've since put our own team together, and this is our fifth year, milestone year for us. And Aww. our team has gone from 10 people to about 40. And okay. so we, we've done a whole lot but my you know that's just something for me I, I mean I'm a party planner I like to do that kind of thing so I look at it as okay we're going to do the autism walk and then we're going to have a big party at my house afterwards but 
I get so much information out to other people in doing some of the fundraising events that we have. Um, it's a matter of just, you know, they don't know. I want to mm-hmm. go back to something first. Okay. Um, when we talk about um, African Americans, mm-hmm. I have um, actually assisted maybe four people that didn't know, they just thought their child was slow. Right. And I hate to use that word because they're special, and yeah. I don't mean special in a way of, of a learning thing. They are special because they're different. They're different. They're different. That's a better word. And they're different. Exactly. They're different. Yeah. They're just like you and me, but I think their brain works a whole lot better than ours because they're <laughs> meticulous. That's it. That's and it. They don't. they don't want to talk about it. In our communities, we have a problem. You know, back in the day, I mean, I'm, I just turned 49. Okay. And back high in the day, five. it's a village. <laughs> I'm sorry? I said high five. <laughs> yes, right? Um, but back in the day, we, you know, we we lived on the mantra of it takes a village to raise a child. Right, right. Villages today, they don't care to find out enough information about what's wrong with our children. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to um, education and um, um, brain development, they just got to go one step further. Right. And I took a few young ladies, and I actually paid for two of them to have their kids evaluated because they struggled in school. And uh-huh. it was a constant struggle for them. And both of those kids, plus one that, you know, was on her own, the third, the fourth did not give me, you know, any time. But the other three, I was very, very proud of them because they found out that their children were on the spectrum. Wow. The services that came after that, all three of those children have tremendously progressed in school. See? And that's all they needed. They didn't yeah. know how to help them because yeah. they didn't want to talk about the diagnosis. And yeah. some of our school systems, if they get in a little, if they get a little more involved with that too, we could further get awareness out about autism and about you know other um, diagnoses on the spectrum. But right. they just don't want right. to. And so that's sure. something as a culture or community we've got to change. It's so true. It's so true. There's you know no what? I think we're afraid. I think. You know, because it's different, you know, everybody, whether it, it, it doesn't matter what type of prejudiceness it is, whether it's racial, whether it's, you know, health-wise, whether it's gay or lesbian, what, it doesn't matter. Whatever the topic, where there is fear, anytime you find, any, anytime you find different, you find fear because they don't know how to deal with it. I don't know what to do with that. I'm afraid, one, I'm not going to understand it. I'm not going to be understood. I don't know how to handle it. So wherever there's different, always fear follows. So Mm -hmm. if we can just say different is just different, let's Mm -hmm. learn about it so we know how to deal with different Mm-hmm. Then you get more help. Then you get more research. Like I said at the beginning of the show, can you imagine prior to 1984, and, and I'm sure, you know, some unsung heroes that went prior even to that, but can you imagine people from way back that just said, I have this child and it's my fault and let's keep you in the house and be quiet about it? No research was done, no studies, no speak out, no nothing. 
Mm-hmm. The pain and the failure that not only the parent felt, but that the child felt as something wrong with me. But now this child has a brilliant mind in so many areas, but mm-hmm. just not knowing how to direct that information and how it can be useful to that yeah. child. So it, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly when it comes down to if we just took a little more time to find out a little more and a little more and a little more, each child could be dealt with in the way that was beneficial to the individual child and not lumped in a clump. Exactly. I wholeheartedly agree. And it yeah. starts from the top down. And it, the top doesn't necessarily mean in the home. You know, that is one of the core places, but also in our educational system. Um, right. There are um, just so many things um, mm-hmm. that I wasn't aware of. And I'm still learning. I am mm-hmm. still learning a lot. Um but there are services out there that can help us. And with those services, you know, it comes it comes a lot of work. There you've gotta also wanna put the footwork in. I mm-hmm. knew nothing about autism when my son was diagnosed. I jumped in and found every book. I think I've read everything that um <laughs> I think her last name is Simple Guard. I think I've read everything that she's written. What's um, her name? Sybil? Temple. Temple okay. And I got to get the spelling and pronunciation of her last name. No, it's name. okay. It's okay. The we'll guess. look it up. We'll look it um, up. We we are quick with the fingers on on. on <laughs> but um, uh, she had a special. I think I watched that two or three times. Um, I've also know other mothers with children living with autism. Mm-hmm. Um, and we go to every single solitary thing we can because it's it's wow. a learning. Now, um, Cheryl, I, you said you you quit your job. How yes. long? How okay? I actually quit my. Uh, I I quit my job when um my son was six months old. Okay, that's I, what I was going to ask. Yeah, he was six months old, and um, fortunately, I didn't have to work. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when he did when he did get his diagnoses, then that became my work. Okay. It just okay. kind of turned everything around for me because I knew nothing about autism. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know anyone before with autism. Um, I didn't even know that ADD and ADHD was um, un- under the umbrella. I had yeah. no idea. Yeah, and you know so, what? Bipolar slides right in there with it. See that I didn't know either. Yeah, bipolar and <laughs> bipolar ADHD, ADD. All of them are so closely re- related mm-hmm. in behavior. Mm-hmm. Very, maybe not in the characteristics, but in behavior. Very closely related. So it's so it's so many things that, you know, we have to be very, like I said, we have to be very cautious and learn as much as possible so that we can say, hey, it's not just an act out. That's just for real. <laughs> this is virtual exactly. reality here. <laughs> exactly. And if ever, um, 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 you know, you come across someone that, you know, may just need that, you know, prompting like, you know, I don't mean any harm or anything, but, you know, when you see the characteristics, you kind of know. And right. when I saw and listened to those young mothers, you know, speak about their, their their kids, you know, I saw some of the same signs that, you know, I saw in my son. Mm-hmm. Um, AJ is, I mean, his social skills are coming along. Mm-hmm. Um I put him in different programs, you know, just to, based on social skills, and some work and some don't. 
Um, but you have to have the desire to go that one step further. And that's right. what I anyone that I come in contact with that may not want to talk about it, especially to their mm-hmm. families and, you know, but, you know, it's he's a normal kid. No one would know the difference if I didn't tell them. Yeah. And yeah. I actually... Most of the time, I'm, I make people aware of that because we may be at an event where yeah. the sound, he was in church with me Sunday with earphones on because yeah. of the sound. And exactly. there are so many different things, um, just these little things that, you know, could really set him off. Mm-hmm. But through the years and all of the work that, you know, I've done, that I'm trying to do and be more become more involved in, I learn these things as I go along. Right. Um some of the um, other resources that, you know, I tell them, look up, uh, like, um, Tony Braxton. She has a mm-hmm. son with autism. Yeah, yeah, I have, I have. I w- Ali I Robinson. I love to get her on the show. I, you know, some of the celebrities bring so much voice to it, not because that us main regular folks don't. Exactly. But because they're such an um, exposed huge person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then they're it gets more attention. Of autism. Mm-hmm. Holly Robinson Pete has written, yeah. you know, a few um, pieces as well. Right. And she does the Parkinson's, though, doesn't she? No, her son has autism too. Is Sam. it autism? Okay, okay, gotcha. Mm-hmm. Now, some, right. but there is something about Parkinson with that family. Not really sure what. But okay. She okay. Autism. But she does the autism as well, right? And every wow. year she gets out iPads, which is a huge, huge. Thing for autistic kids. Yeah, we just um, posted that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are so many um, programs now and apps um, online and, you know, applications that you can put on your uh, iPad and Kindle, whatever you have. There are so many apps that are so useful um, for kids on the spectrum. Um, it also can be a distraction at times, but um, Holly Robinson Pete, every year she does um, iPad giveaways, and that also is another step to awareness. Wow. Hang on, Cheryl. Don't go anywhere. You know, I got you now. I'm grabbing you. I'm not letting you go. I want okay, to I'll be on the line for the whole thing. Okay, great. I want to bring in Roderick Watkins. He just actually sent us some information about the iPad giveaway. Rod, are you here? Hi. How are you? Hi, honey. How are you? Thank you so much for the info. I love my brothers and, and my colleague in the business. Um, talk a little bit about what you know as far as uh, um, autism and the iPad. I'm, gonna be, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I don't know much. I just watched a <laughs> television show recently, though. I, I think it was on the Sci Channel or um, uh-huh. Science Channel or National or the National Geographic Channel, and they were showing uh, autistic children and adults. And many people don't think that they comprehend or can comprehend what's actually going on in their environment, but they've been giving them, as your guest just mentioned, iPads and tablets, and -hmm. it turns out that they're very aware of what's going on around them, but because of however their brains have developed or or haven't developed to communicate like we normally do, it turns Mm -hmm. out that they, you know, using these tablets give them a vehicle to communicate with, and I thought that was just very, it it was an amazing show, um, and again, I, I was trying to look up the show. I know CNN did an article about it, too, or a, they they did a brief comment on it, but this was an hour mm-hmm. show uh, wow. about that. I just thought it was I brilliant. I appreciate you for sending that in. Um, Cheryl, are you aware of the article that he's talking about or maybe the show that he's talking about? 
No, I haven't, but um, I definitely will find out. And I know your husband works for CNN, so you can. <laughs> my son's father. Yeah, you can ask him to pull. I got it. I got it. Corrected it real quick. You can ask him to pull that up um, for us, but we can kind of archive it too. But you know, I remember, like I was telling you, the caregivers that I um, I know that, and the I shouldn't even continue to say the caregivers, the guys who I used to go cut their hair, they were fascinated with musical toys. Fascinated. Absolutely, and one was fascinated, I would say that, and then I had one guy who hated it. All sound got on his last nerve, except for one particular show, and whatever that was, he would get fixated on a TV show, and he had to watch it over and over and over. But the other one loved the music. Anything musical, he would just, that was his thing, and he we would say dance, dance, and he'd start dancing, and he'd start singing, Every time music came on, the more he could get, the better and the more calm he was. Whereas, like you were saying, Cheryl, sometimes the noise is too much and they just, he would, the other guy would lose it. Like, the noise was so intense to him. You could see in his expression that it was almost piercing because he would just grab his ears and shake like it was just overwhelming. Is that something that you see with your son? Yes, yeah, sometimes um, it 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 it's gotten a whole lot better over mm-hmm. like I'd say the last couple of years. He's okay. able to you know really get more into loud noises and sounds. Okay, um, crowds um, are still a little iffy for him if it's mm-hmm. crowded and noisy. Okay. Um, as a toddler, you know, he went to baseball games, basketball games, but it, it didn't seem to bother him as much as it does now. He just doesn't want to be a part of it. But he's adjusting um, due to we keep taking him. You know, okay. we keep him to be a part of it and also to, to realize that and, and see, again, I don't know if it's a medical thing because I'm – just unfamiliar with yeah, it. Yeah, you're still learning. Sound still bothers learning. him, and you know we know pretty much how much he can take. But mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but other than that, he's been doing just fine. The flapping, um, you know, you can tell in uh, some little signs in autistic kids, and for us, it was the flapping. And mm-hmm. I have a best friend that's a nanny, and she noticed that when he was just probably like maybe a year and a half, mm-hmm. and she said, "You you may want to get him checked." And being that she's my best friend. She could tell me that with no hesitation, right. and I'm actually fortunate that she did. Um, we found, you know, one of the we heard he was the best in Georgia. Went mm-hmm. to him, diagnosis, and then we were on on our way. Then, wow, that's a, see, you are very fortunate because most people don't have that same experience. Um, just like you were saying, in the young women that you help, most people just, you know, they suffer through it and it really is a suffering when you don't have a you don't have a definition. You don't have right. an idea of what Jackie? Yes, Rod, are you off? No, I just wanted to say that uh, I found the documentary it's called oh. Autism Finds His Voice. Autism Finds His Voice. Okay, producer will get on top of that one. Autism yeah. Finds His Voice. Okay, thank you. We'll post that. Thank you. I love technology when it works. This is great. This is great. I want to um, <clears throat> quickly finish that, and then we have our other guest, Pat Chin, on. Cheryl, you're welcome to stay on or hold on, and, and, and I'm just so loving this. This is amazing. Um, Pat, are you with us? 
Hello? Pat, are you on the line? Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Pat, welcome. Hi. Hi. We're on the phone with Cheryl, and we're on the phone with Roderick. Pat is another mom of a beautiful, beautiful son. Hello? Yeah, can you hear me? The phone was cracking up. Yeah, we can hear you. You know, technology, we we have technical difficulties, but we don't care. We we welcome that because we always get around it. But we were just saying, Cheryl, Cheryl has a um, a son with autism, and she is just uh, such a blessing to be on the show, telling us all about you know the organization. She left a meeting tonight to come and be a guest on our show, which was fantastic. And Pat, we know that you also um, have an organization, so you can kind of jump in here. I won't even finish my topic because I talk too much sometimes. Let me just let you introduce yourself, and you can tell us a little bit about. What's going on with you and your family? Well, my name is Patrice Chen, and I have an organization called My Love for Autism, and it's in dedication to my seven-year-old autistic son named Ty Lee. And what I do, I I advocate for autism, and I have a support group. I talk to a like, you know, a lot of moms because mm-hmm. I find that a lot of moms are ashamed of it. A lot, and it surprises me to see how much moms are ashamed of it. Um, so I talk to them and like bring them out that shell, you know. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. I, it all started is because one day I was in um, my son's therapy, and this little boy he would come in there, and he had severe, he had autism severe, mm-hmm. and you know he would bang his head and stuff, and you know, and Ty would look at him because Ty gets scared when he sees that kind of reaction. He doesn't like right. it. Right. Um, and um, I was just, you know, trying to make conversation with her because I, I love to meet other moms that's going through the same thing as me, you know, so we can compare what's going on and, you know, right. stuff like that. Right, right. And she just, like, shut me out. She shut me out completely. She wouldn't talk. It was just like an attitude. And I wow. just asked her. Yeah, I just asked her. I was like, so are you going to go to the, attend the autism walk? And she was like, no, we don't do walks. You know? Really? And it, it, yeah, it was like she so ashamed of it, and she didn't want to come out that shell. And so what I did is that I made an Instagram, and um, Instagram, and I have Facebook, and I just started doing like writing stuff about autism, blogging mm-hmm. stuff about autism, and I've been getting all these followers, and so much moms has been hitting me up, you know, and telling me that. I made them realize that it's okay for their son, their, their children, to be different. So it's like I'm bringing them, you know, out that show because I always talk about it, you know, and talk highly of my son and just let them know don't, you know, don't give up because my son, Tylee, he was nonverbal for five years and he never spoke. Ty never spoke and he would just mm. point for everything and cry and and now he's talking. He's talking. Mm-hmm. So when I talk to other moms and they're going through the same thing, like when their children is nonverbal, I just, like, give them hope and just tell them don't give up. You know what I'm mm-hmm, saying? Just mm-hmm. do not give up. Because you find a lot of them give up. Don't go to the therapies. Don't think it helps. But they don't know that therapy does help. And that's a big part of it, too. But you can't just take your child to therapy and think that that's all. You have to right. do it with them at home as well. Because I do it with yeah. them at home as well. It's the you know? work. Exactly. Yeah, you have you have to put in work because Ty goes for his occupational therapy. He goes for 
um, his speech therapy. He goes for therapeutic writing. That's like for his sensory, you know, his sensory. Um, he goes for a lot of their physical therapy. He couldn't write. He couldn't cut, you know, cut stuff, and he couldn't use the scissors. And mm-hmm. he's doing everything now. He's doing everything wow. now. Oh my gosh, mm-hmm. Cheryl! Now, Cheryl, you have—it's so so ironic that both of you have a seven-year-old son. Okay. Isn't that amazing? Um, yeah. Does any of this sound familiar to you? Oh, a lot of it. A lot of it sounds familiar. <laughs> we were just talking, um, Pat, before you came on, we were talking about how so many parents and so many different um, people, they are so afraid of different. And because they're afraid of different, they don't know how to deal with it. And so you're shunned and, and all of these things and how predominantly, and Pat, I'm going to ask you the same question. Mm-hmm. Are you of chocolate descent or are you of an other descent and culture? Are you a um, chocolate person? Mixed, <laughs> um, mixed, um, mixed with Asian and Jamaican, Chinese and Jamaican. Okay. So, so in in different cultures, we all deal with, you know, um, difference. And I'm just going to say difference in a broad spectrum. We're talking about autism, but really it covers everything. We deal with difference differently in different cultures. But a lot of times what I found out in minorities we are so shameful when our children have a disorder, a disease, a, 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 an inability to function as other children do. And so do you find it more in different cultures and societies that you are familiar with? Do you find it more um, shameful, it seems, than, quote, unquote, the white or vanilla people, as I call them, culture? No, I don't. I don't. I don't think it's shameful. I, I was never, I was never, ever, ever ashamed that I had mm-hmm. autism. But you see, like in the Jamaican mm-hmm. community, mm-hmm. a lot of people, especially in the Jamaican community, they love to judge. Yes. I remember one time, and I was in Walmart, and my son was having a horrible meltdown. And this, the Jamaican lady was like, oh, beat him, beat him, and this, and, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm just looking at her like, he has autism. And she said, it's not no autism. And I said, listen, you need to Google <laughs> autism and find out what autism is about and stop, right. you know, stop right. you know, being so quick to judge because people think, like, this, when you see a child in the middle of a grocery store, anything throwing a tantrum, you don't know what's affecting that child. It could be the smell it could be things they're hearing. You don't know. So right. many things can affect a child with autism, and people don't know that, so they're so quick to judge, especially mm-hmm. when my son is simming. He sims a lot, and simming is a simming is a part of autism. Mm-hmm. It's the um, simulatory behavior, refers to repetitive body movements or of objects. He loves right. to make noises. That's his thing. He loves to make noises. So when we go out in public and people see him stimming, they'll, like, look at him, you know, look at him in a way. Yeah. And I have to let them know that, you know, that's a part of autism. That's a calming thing for him. But right. what comes to stimming is music. He loves music. Yeah, that's we just talked music. about we just talked about that and, you know, how children, like Cheryl's son, doesn't like a lot of noises, although she was saying that he's gotten better with it, mm-hmm. he doesn't like a lot of noises. And, you know, we've, we've covered very similar to what you're saying or the same things that you're saying and how how people are just so unaware of it and because they are, they yeah. don't know how to deal with it. 
mm-hmm. at all, period. So it is so important for organizations like your own, um, My Love for Autism or the um, Autism Speaks. Cheryl is doing the Georgia Walk, right? Is it, it's called the Georgia Walk, right, Cheryl? Yes, it's um, um, Autism Speaks, mm-hmm. um, Georgia Walk, uh, May 19th, 930 May 19th. Atlantic Station. Yeah, and I thought it. A link if anyone wants to walk with us and join my team. Mm-hmm. Feel free to join my team. Yeah, we're um, going doing... to put all of y'all together on. I think the producer's working on, on all of that now so we can kind of link everybody up together. We have another guest that's going to come on a little bit later. She wanted to be on earlier, but of course, again, we are talking about autism. She has an autistic, autistic daughter. Um, so we we can gotta get the male and female balance tonight. But we wanted to let her come in a little later so she can put the kids to bed. She has three children and her daughter has autism, so she'll be joining us in a little bit. But I'm just really glad that both of you and Shirley, you were on an unexpected blessing to come in and talk yeah, to I us. I do tonight. have a question to ask. Yes, and I, I'm sorry I didn't catch your name. My so you dad or or Pat. Patrice, you want to be called Patrice or Pat? Patrice. It doesn't matter. Patrice, um, <laughs> have, you, um, have, you, have you heard of the Katie Beckett waiver? You're in Georgia, right? Yeah, I'm, I was back and forth from Georgia to Miami, but I'm now here in Georgia because the school system is better, you know, in Gwinnett County. So that's where I'm here. Um, that's why we're here in Georgia right now because the schools in Florida, it wasn't meeting to what I liked it to be. So now I'm here in Georgia. But I heard about his, my son's teacher actually was telling me about the Katie, um, the Katie Beckett. Okay, so um, tell us, guys, what it is. I, I, I don't really know what it is. It's <laughs> That's why I was asking. Um, I met, telling me it's like some kind of a grant, some kind of money, some kind of money that they give you towards, like, the coverage for insurance and stuff. Like, you know, like, you know, like um, Medicaid and stuff mm-hmm. don't want to really cover a lot of the stuff. So, like, if you want extra mm-hmm. therapies and extra money for the child, you can get that. But there's a way you got to sign up for it. Right. It's um, I've seen it. It's a real thick stack of paperwork that you have to fill out. I met someone last week at the gym. She has a daughter that is on the spectrum, and she completed the um, the Katie Beckett waiver. And she Well, said I'm looking at it now. You know I just found it. You did? Yeah. I found it. It's called the Katie Beckett um, Forms. It's here in Georgia. You go through it, it, and I'll put the link on here because it has the forms and everything. It's the um, Katie Beckett Medicaid, Katie Beckett Forms and Waivers. So I'll put it all up so you can see um, what that is. But it was established. Let me just kind of give you some, some brief information, and I'm learning at the same time. It was established in 1982 under the tax um, Equity and Physical Responsibility Act. Uh, the program permits the state. Wait a minute. How, how it permits the state to ignore family income? Hallelujah for certain exactly. children. That. Yeah, that's a hallelujah right there. Um, because you know it shouldn't be that I'm a millionaire, but I can't get certain aid. It just it it just shouldn't be because it's a specific aid that I need. So anyway, whatever. It provides benefits to children 18 years of age or less who qualify as a disabled individual. Um, the Social Security Act who live at home rather than an institution. These children must meet specific criteria to be covered. Qualification is not based on medical diagnosis. 
It is based on institutional level of care and child that the child requires. High five for the Katie Beckett Medicaid program. And I'm sure and just that to add to that, just to mm-hmm. add to that, this is Cheryl again. Just okay. to add to that, um I have um a couple of, of ladies that are in my mommy group. Um mm-hmm. their children also attend Kingsley. Uh, one, her husband, they, the family just moved back from Japan where he is like CEO or something um, for Coca-Cola. They okay. have a beautiful home in Dunwoody. They make all kinds of money. And she did the Katie Beckett waiver. She said it was the best thing that ever happened to them. See? See? I met really? someone. I met someone at the gym last yeah. week who um, her daughter is on the spectrum, and she completed the Katie Beckett waiver. She um, got a few of us. It was really uncanny how we met at the gym in the locker room. Wow. Um, there was um, another young lady, seven years old. She also has a seven-year-old son. This she is, is seven year going old to instruct tonight. us on how to complete the Katie Beckett waiver. Thank it's a lot know. of legwork, a lot of forms, but we're going to have a session, and what I'll do is I'll let you guys know when that is, and maybe you could get that out if anyone wants to join us. It's no cost. We're just going to sit down, and everybody's going to bring their stuff, and we're all going to complete it together. Together. That will be good. Yeah, let that's me know. Awesome. I'll definitely want to do that. Cheryl, are you on Facebook, or do you have a website or and or any it, of the information? Yeah. Um, Sunny, you have uh, – is Sunny there? Well, you she have produces, my, um, so she doesn't hop on the phone unless I bring her in as a guest. So. You, okay. you can tell me, um, and I'll, I'll find out. <laughs> yeah, and I'm going to give you – I have a, a private page and a business page, and what I'll okay. do is I'll send um, a friend request to you okay. exactly. on that page because I do a, a lot of my um, autism stuff on that page. Okay, great. Um, and, and we posted um, the information, number guys, and address and everything it. because I think it's really important, and before the end of this school year – um, or, or by midsummer, we want to have those complete, completed because I don't believe that there's like a time frame because it's all part of uh, the Georgia Medi- Medicaid system. Um, mm-hmm. so I don't like a, you know something you have to worry about on school. But for anyone that you do come across here in Georgia that has um, like a two-year-old and they got the diagnosis. <clears throat> Get them in. Babies can't wait. The program was tremendous help for us, and I'm not wow. sure. Patrice, if you were in Georgia at the time that your son was um, two or before the 36th or 33rd month or something like that, and then they can go straight to at three. My son went to school um, three days after his third birthday. Wow. And he's been at King's Elementary ever since. We get transportation. I mean, it's it's just unimaginable the amount of of, um, benefits that comes along with that because he also has speech and occupational therapy within the school system. Um, And we're trying to integrate him in the regular general ed classroom, and he's pretty much on target to be there by third grade. Wow. That is amazing. Uh, Is he he speaking? Is he he verbal? Yes. Yes. He, um, He... See, and I'm not sure because, again, it's a medical thing. I'm not sure if it just happened overnight um, because he was um, noncommunicable at a year and a half to two years old. And then next thing I know, he just started speaking out of nowhere. And and take this with a light heart that sometimes I wish he would just stop talking. Ah. (laughs) 
<laughs> Listen, you can laugh about it. You still exactly. Can I mean, I'm grateful mommy. for the words. Yeah. That I tell you. Okay, already, because he'll ask me the same question over, over and, and over and over yeah. and over again. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Yes, I appreciate it, but it's like, AJ, we just talked about that. Right. <laughs> we just talked about that. But um, it's amazing. I, 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 I find autism to be an amazing thing, and I'm learning so much about it. But I also say amazing because my son is, he's just different. To me, he doesn't have autism. He has a way of learning differently than we do. And, you know, he's on target. um, And more so, like, with his reading and math is, you know, he's gotten all A's and B's for the last two years. Wow. Now, Patrice, you said your son didn't speak for five years? Yeah, he didn't talk for five years. And, Cheryl, you said your son didn't speak, what, for two um, right. I mean, you know, it's that baby thing, but right. he really didn't start. Uh, he was doing more sign language than he was actually speaking. Mm-hmm. Um, but the words came um, probably around four. But he wow. did sign language. I mean, we've been in speech therapy since he was two. I mean, it was like automatic. As soon mm-hmm. as we got the diagnosis, I jumped on Babies Can't Wait, and also I got him into therapy. And we've done um, speech, OT feeding therapy, and music therapy. Great. That is amazing. Now, I've heard both of you say this. I've read up on it, but just briefly, either one, doesn't matter to me. Um, can you sort of see, you You guys have now learned it. I've kind of started learning it. But what is the spectrum for everybody that's listening? What does that mean, the spectrum? You mean like what? Like what is autism? Mm-hmm. When you say, because you know you use, you know how when you get to know a disorder or disease or anything, you just started calling it by its, you know, technical or its common name. And for you that has dealt with the word spectrum, most people doesn't, they won't know um, what the ASD means, the spectrum part. So when you're saying autistic spectrum, what is that? mean for people who don't know? I don't know what it means, like, um, you know, the the technical. For me, it means there is a level uh, under the umbrella, because I consider the umbrella being the same thing as the spectrum. Um, okay. There's no high or low or up or down or, you know, certain percentage. It just goes straight across. Um, The levels um, from a severity is based on whatever the diagnosis is. AJ, my son, was diagnosed with PDD, which is Pervasive Development Disorder. Um, My neighbor, her son, had Asperger's. These are all diagnoses on the spectrum. That's the way I look at it, and I'm not sure if that's 100% correct. but (laughs) But you know what? It's correct in your terms and how you understand it. Correct. And honestly, sometimes that's what really matters. So, um, Patrice, what what's your take on it? My son, my son has Asperger's as well. Mm-hmm. He has he was diagnosed he's diagnosed with Asperger's, and that's like a higher functioning part of autism. You know, mm-hmm. they have mild, moderate, and severe. And um, like one of his one of his gifts is um computers, mm-hmm. computers, electronics. That's his gift. His computers. He um. 
he mastered the Wii from he was two years old when he couldn't even speak. Wow. His um, Xbox Connect, he he plays it in four different languages, Chinese, mm-hmm. Hebrew, Spanish, English. Like when he's playing a, a, a video, like say you're playing a car game, uh-huh. you know how you it, you know how you play it and you're driving the whole way? Like, he, he plays it backwards. I'm a wow. big fan. Yeah, he plays the whole thing backwards. Like, he knows, like, every route. Every oh route. Goodness. So, like, everywhere to go. Yeah. Because a lot of autistic kids, they have, um like, that photographic memory, and their memory yeah. is, like, amazing. Their memory is amazing. And you know what's yeah. so funny? You know what's so funny? I, well, it's not funny, but I'm loving this um topic and I'm loving it because I have a beautiful granddaughter. She's absolutely fantastic. My sweet princess has had some some major behavior disorders. And they have tested her, you know, I'm like, guys, you need to test her for ADHD. You need to, you know, test her for this. And I've just gone down the whole Tourette, um mm-hmm. autism, everything. I have gone to everything, and they just kind of rule it out, rule it out, rule it out. And I have really been thinking that she may be autistic. The more I look at it, the more I look at some of her behaviors, the more I look at some of her frustrations, and, you know, she just goes into fit. She does the most incredible things that you wouldn't believe. And I'm like, it's got to be. I want a definition. I want a definition of this beautiful, bright child and why she does the things that she does because they don't make average sense. So listening to you guys, I'm now going to get off the phone when we when we finish this show and call my kids and say, listen, okay, here we go with another one. I need you to have her tested. For when, is she, when is she having the tantrums, though? When is she having the meltdowns? Um, let me give you an example of well, we spent Christmas together and I was trying – Oh, hang on. I think we got another caller. And is, is the caller, are you here? Is this Tiffany? Hello? Oh, no, we have a male caller. Hi. Hi, how are you? I'm doing well. Who is this? That's good. That's good. My name's Lamar. Hi, Lamar. Welcome um, to the I show. Just, uh, thank you. Thank you very much. I just called because uh, I just have a question uh, regarding my son. He was born with... Uh, he he is he has Asperger's as well, and it's been quite difficult these past uh, couple months, especially. Okay. I mean, okay. He gets teased a lot at school and uh, and via the internet as well. Mm-hmm. And I was hoping maybe you could tell me how I can stop my son from throwing his fecal matter around the house and masturbating in the middle of class at school. Well, now that's just a big job, there, buddy. How how, how old is, is he? This? Yeah. He is he he's going to be eleven in November. And, and he's, he's getting teased in a general for it. classroom in the school system. I'm sorry. And he's in a general ed classroom in the school system. Yes. You're here in Georgia. Oh no, I'm not. I'm uh, I'm over in Canada. Oh, I see. Um, one thing you can speak with his teachers um, that uh, is going to there because the behavior seems like if, if he's doing it a lot, mm-hmm. it's a behavior oh, he is. that it's excessive. It's becoming a big problem. Yeah. Um, that's a that's a good conversation with the teacher on how far he can get before he does it before they stop him. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, like like last uh, last month actually he was uh, suspended for exposing himself to the hall monitor. Oh my god! Yeah, 
Well, that definitely is. Now, is he in therapy now, or actually? Oh yeah, we we we've got, him seeing, we've, we've got him seeing a, a the family. Uh, no, no, he goes uh, he goes once a week by himself. Okay. So it sounds like to me that he needs to um, you you as well as he need to address it as a family. The child needs therapy, but the family needs therapy on how to handle it. Would you guys not not agree with that? Oh, yeah, there's some uh, merit to that for sure. Yeah, because, you know, when, whenever you're dealing with anything, whether it's autism or any anything that you don't fully know how to do it, you have to get some type of help in order to know um, that yes, one, it's okay. It's okay for everybody that's involved. This is a big one, you know, not, not your son, but this is a big mm-hmm. Disorder to deal with. So if you don't have the tools to handle it, it's very difficult for you to be understanding to your child. Yes, yes. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. But we appreciate you know dig a little bit deeper um, with your therapist, talk with the with the uh, teachers, and maybe it needs to not just be a general class. It may may need to be an isolated class and just find Mm -hmm. out what other things in your area. Are available to you. Yeah, that's what my wife was saying. Okay. I can also to you um, just to add on to that. Um, my son is is only seven, so we haven't really gotten to that stage yet. But some of his bad behaviors, we um, actually do maybe a picture story on the the behavior that you're doing is wrong. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. It's you know you just have to find some way that you can augment the bad behavior. Um, with, you know, some sort of punishment. I don't know if, like, with AJ, we take away his Xbox or iPad if he, his oh, behavior. Oh, yeah, yeah. We've done um, that before. Uh, he, he, he goes banking. off on tantrums. He screams and breaks things. He, uh, he, he, he isolates himself. behavior may, um, you know, sort of fester and come out later. Um, so we don't spank him or anything like that. No, they no, nothing physical. They really work yeah. on award system. And I know that that that's true for my son. Every child is different. Every child on the spectrum mm-hmm, is different. Mm-hmm. What, what works well for mm-hmm. us may not work well for uh, another. But they, mm-hmm. you have to try something to get the behavior to stop. And, uh, you know, tell me your name again. I'm sorry. My name's Lamar. Okay, Lamar, I know that when I was working with the caregivers that I was talking about that I used to go cut the, the guy's hair, it, there was an older um, gentleman that used to do similar, um, and then the younger one, it was two in this particular home that I used to go cut their hair, they would, he, one of them was extremely clean, he needed to take a bath immediately, a shower immediately, but then he would also go right back in his room and he would masturbate all over the floor. Oh. And then the older gentleman would mess himself and just sit there and put his hand behind it and come out and smell it. Oh these, these, so understand, understand what I'm saying is these were two different scenarios, same kind of situation, yes, not yes. to, not, to not give you hope, but to let you know it's common. It is common. But work with a therapist not only for him but with you in how to deal with it and how to be yes. okay that it's happening. And it may be a... Um, 
as Cheryl said and as Patrice said, you have to dig a little bit. Don't just take the first therapist at, you know, hey, this is what's happening and it's okay. If that therapist is not working well for move you, on to another one. move on to another one. If the school is not working for you, find out, push push every button, call every person, every authority, every program until that program and school and therapist is right for you and your family. Mm. Okay? Yes, well, thank you very much. It's been uh, it's been extremely helpful. I appreciate it. You're, you're welcome. What part of Canada you're in? Maybe we get the producer to see can we dig up some stuff that maybe can give you some additional help. I am in a little town called Guelph. It's kind of uh, in the sticks, you know. Okay, so we're going to look look up and see what we can find that's close to you and maybe around you, and we can try to post some information. And and if not, we'll Perfect. we'll you know we'll dig. But definitely continue to follow us on the Loud Mouth. That's with two D's. Um, loudmouthradio.com. Hopefully, we can find some other information that can give you some help. Okay. All right. Well, thank you very much. Thank you much for calling. Good luck, yeah. Lamar. Thank you. Yeah. So, guys, you see how important. These kind of shows, um, information, organization is so important, guys, that, you know, we keep talking about it and we keep supporting each other. It's so crucial. It's so crucial. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. And hopefully there is. I'm sorry? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Cheryl. I'm I'm hoping that there's someone in his community, but he has to keep talking about it. Lamar, if you're still talking about it. You have to keep um um have a good line of communication mm-hmm. with the teachers and the school system mm-hmm. to find out what what activities you can do um at the times when he does it most. Right. Um the behavior it will it'll change. Okay. Yeah. I think we have another caller to come on the show. Caller, are you here? Yes, I'm here. Is this Tiffany? Yes, ma'am. Hi, Pumpkin. <laughs> Welcome to the show. You put the kids to bed. I sure did. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tiffany is joining us. She's. Um, we have Cheryl and we have uh, Patrice, who, who's also known as Pat, on the line. And we've kind of covered a lot of ground, but we definitely want your input. Did you hear the last caller? Yes, I did. Yeah, so he's got yeah. some some tough spots there that I'm sure all of you guys have experienced at one time or another. Just kind of introduce yourself, my sweetheart, and and, and tell us about your baby. Okay. Um, my name is Tiffany Brantley, and um, I have three children, seven, five, and three. And um, my seven-year-old son has ADHD, and my three-year-old daughter has been newly diagnosed with autism in um, January. Wow. Actually, it was around her third birthday. See? We have yeah. this. And you said your oldest son is seven? Mm-hmm. We have the seven-year-old. We have the seven-year it, itch tonight because everybody has a seven-year-old That's tonight. That's a seven-year-old, right? <laughs> <laughs> All boys. All so, boys. But your daughter is the one that was diagnosed with autism, correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. Now, 
we've kind of heard, you know, different stories. What when you went to the doctor? And this, I'm going to ask you this, but I didn't ask everybody else, and I kind of want you all to kind of touch bases on this. But I'll start out with you, Tiffany. So you have this beautiful child, all of you. You have these beautiful children. You're excited. You're a new parent, or for the first time in um, some of the other cases, and this is your third child, and you finally get that little girl, and then all of a sudden there's something different. And our other two guests have shared their different stories. But you have this child, and there's something different. When you get the diagnosis, what is that initial feeling? What is is it relief because it has a definition, as I have said, or is it, oh my God, what did I do? Well, actually, um, I was in denial for a little while, mm-hmm. and and then I was angry. I was angry because here I was thinking. Oh my goodness, my little princess, my little angel. I had wanted a girl and she's and so I'm like, cute. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, so I was like I was really upset. I was. And um, you know, there were days when I would cry about it and but um I finally gotten to the point to where I can embrace it and not cry about it. Mm-hmm. Since we're newly diagnosed and you know, she had just turned three. Um I'm just now learning to embrace it. You know, I okay. still have my moments where I'm kind of sad, and, but, um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, I'm much better with that now. Wow. Well, you know what? You you are so fortunate, and I think all of you are, and I know I'm blessed with, with all of you um, coming on the show and sharing your experiences because both of the young ladies that are on the show have organizations, Tiffany, and I don't know if you've um, joined any support groups or um, hooked up with other moms or dads, for that matter, because it's important to have the support system, and it's important, mm-hmm. you know, to know that it's okay to be angry. Know that it's mm-hmm. okay for you to want the baby to be quiet. You want the child to just stop. And you and mm-hmm. in some days, I'm sure that all of you can attest to. I want you to not be autistic today. I oh yes. Want, I just don't want you to be that today. Am I right? Right. <laughs> some you know, things get overwhelming. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very. I can only imagine. I can only. You know, I've, I'm fortunate to be a mom, and I've said this on other shows. I did have a child um, over 20 plus years ago. Now that was born with a with a syndrome called Zellweger syndrome, which is so extremely rare that it's it only happens, you know, every so many years in one child. Most definitely, almost always Caucasian children. It's even that more rare in a chocolate baby. So. And um, I was fortunate enough to have my child for three months, and then just suddenly they stop breathing. It's how they normally die. So you guys are blessed tremendously to still have your children and that your children are functioning and that they have this beautiful different disorder that you're able to talk with other people about it and still have your children there. So, But for me, I always said, wow, I was blessed for three months, to have this beautiful child, but I don't know if I would have been able to survive all of the work and all of the care that it would have taken to take care of her. Now, that's just me personally. That's my truth because it was so overwhelming just those three months 
to deal with all of the medical issues that she had, you know, that I had to do and to take care of her. So I commend you all, one, for speaking up and speaking out. And then I definitely commend you for being loving, supportive parents to not only your family and your children, but to each other. So kudos. Thank you. you. I want to, I also just touch on something to you. This is Cheryl again. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was unfortunate and not able to have children at all. And um, when I adopted my son, mm-hmm. uh, he was three days old. You know, you don't get a diagnosis that early. No. And once, you know, you see the signs or someone sees the signs for you that have experienced this, and then you go and you get a diagnosis. And there wasn't that, what did I do wrong? You know, as, mm-hmm. like, you know, why is this happening to me? For me, it was none of that because I didn't birth him. And I could really, really sympathize with you, Tiffany, because it is something that you have to think about, like, okay, how are, how are we going to make it through this? There are so mm-hmm. many different groups and mm-hmm. advocates you can speak with, share your story with, and you just never know who has that same story. And it mm-hmm. is is rare um, well, not that rare, but generally autism is found in boys. And so when you do have a girl and that's your princess, she's still a princess. She's just going <laughs> to learn than everyone else. But she, she has the, the, there are the services and capabilities out there that she can learn at the same pace, but she's going to learn how to be a princess in her own way. Be proud of her, and then you can be proud of yourself because she can do anything she wants to do. Do do some research. Just Google, like, you know, great people with autism. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And there are those out there, like uh, Temple Grandin, who wrote books. She's, um, you know. I posted her information. You there. did. Yeah, and I it's did. It's just much that she went through um, in her lifetime but she is, I mean, she has over-succeeded a lot of other people that mm-hmm. don't or are not living with autism. Mm-hmm. I'm also fortunate to have not just my immediate family, like my parents, my sisters. AJ, I, I have a great relationship with his birth mom and her entire family. So really? he's got, oh, my God, that's said, oh, fabulous. Yeah. We have had a relationship from day one, and she's been here to Atlanta. He was born in Delaware. Um, we took a trip up last summer and surprised her, and it was probably because we hadn't been there since he was born. So mm-hmm. we went up last summer, and, I mean, it's it's like night and day from the, the, the last time that she saw him two years ago to last summer, um, you know, how much he's talking now. I didn't think my son would ever talk, but he's talking. I didn't think he would have the ability to learn at a normal pace, and he's over-exceeding that. He's doing far more. and. Yeah. I, I also have to say I've met several little girls with autism, and they're different from the boys. It's really? To me, and, and there's no normal, um, but it seems like the girls are, I don't know, they're they're a lot more normal. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's hard to, to really perspective because, you know, we know that um, autism is found more so in boys than girls. Right. But when you have that one girl, she's just like a normal girl. And I no. think she's out of that by her older sister. You know, right. we it, it, when you have more than one sibling, um, another friend of mine, um, she has two kids on the spectrum, both boys, 
and they're doing well. I'm I'm just very very well. Her youngest, he is um, non-communicable. Um, he does a little bit of sign language, a lot of screaming and yelling, mm-hmm. but you learn, you learn to know what their needs are, and that's the hard. That was the hardest part for me was to how do I communicate with him? How do I find out if he's hurting or if he needs something? And you you'll be fine. You can do that. So did you learn? Okay, and I'm gonna ask um, Patrice this. Did you do you find? I mean, did you learn sign language, or did your son learn sign language all those years? No, he, he no. Before, before I found out he had autism, mm-hmm. when he wasn't speaking, I would take him to the doctor to tell them, you know, what's wrong with him, and because I, I knew something was wrong, but we just didn't right. know what it was. Right. So when I came up to Georgia, I put him in a pre-K, and we noticed in the pre-K class that. When a teacher, you know, a teacher was teaching and stuff, Ty mm-hmm. wouldn't play with the kids. He would be in his own little world, just in his mm-hmm. own little world, sucking his finger, looking up in the sky. So I said, maybe this is too much for him. Maybe there's too much kids in this class. So I put him in a pre-K in an elementary school with little bit of kids. And when I did that, this little kid got hurt one day, and Ty started to laugh. And the teacher told me that something is not right, and she sees signs of autism, and I was asking her, like, what is that? Because I didn't know nothing about autism. Yeah, you know, I yeah. know nothing about autism. So she told me to, um, she gave me the number to the Marcus Autism Center, and it took me a year to get the appointment. I got the appointment and took him to get tested, and then when I was six months pregnant with my second child, which is Aiden, who's two years old now, that's when I thought he had autism. Mm-hmm. But he was in speech therapy before. Before I found out he had autism. Okay, okay. Tiffany, did you have any? Well, is your daughter speaking now? Is the baby girl speaking? Um, not in sentences. She says a few words. Um, a lot of what she does right now, she does a lot of repeating. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, something she does say on her own, but it's not that many words. But um, she'll say, like, a lot of her favorites, she loves Dora. So, of course, <laughs> she'll sing, like, all the Dora songs and um, just different things she likes, you know. Right. Um, but, yeah, there there is a lot of repetition there, though. But okay. she's not, yeah, not quite. She is in speech therapy in her, in her um, pre-K class. Gotcha. Gotcha. Wow. Mm-hmm. Does she watch me? Dora? Does she watch Dora and repeat it over and over and over and over and over again? Well, <clears throat> certain things she'll repeat over and over again, but it, it's you know, like if she hears a if I say something to her, she might repeat what I said or or anybody okay. else. Yeah, she'll you know repeat words that she hears. Um, sometimes, you know, she says some words on her own, but it's not very many. But if, like, a commercial comes on TV that she's familiar with or maybe a song or anything, she'll sing along with it. Hmm. That um, is so cool. That is so cool. Okay, guys, so let me ask you, uh, well, first of all, let me go back and tell you my story because so I want you guys to kind of give me your, your thoughts. So my granddaughter, right? Let me give you an, uh, uh, a for instance. We're sitting down, and I'm teaching her. She has a doll, and I said, do you know how to braid hair? And she was like, no, I want to learn how to braid. Okay. So we start out, I start out showing her, 
and she immediately, I'm talking about almost instant, instantly gets frustrated. Not even, I haven't even really gotten into showing her. She's like, I can do it, I can do it, I can do it. She takes the doll, she starts trying, she starts breathing deep, she's she's flustered, she's upset, she's angry to the point she could just take the doll and throw it, you know, to Canada. She's furious, and I'm like, calm down, it's okay. She starts humming, she starts, you know, almost wanting to pull her hair, pulling the doll. I mean, just from Mimi, I can do it to, in a second that I just said that, she's furious. And it's little things that just irritate her, irritate her so much. Or she, when she was even younger, she would just cry. You'd say, you want to go to the park? Yes. she just start crying. she just start screaming. Or kids being around her, if they laugh, they were laughing at her. Very sensitive, overly sensitive about so many things. But behavior off the chain, off the chain in school. Do you know why you did that? No, or I would say, she would say, I'll call her right now, and she'll say, hi, Mimi, I'll say, how are you? And she'll say, well, I'm not doing too good, I'm in trouble again. And I said, well, what did you do? I stole something, I took something, I lied about something. I mean, just, you know, as a matter of fact, no problem. And so everything that they've tested her on, she's fine, she's just got a behavior problem. I'm like, but there has to be something there, guys. It's not just she has a behavior problem. Yeah. You know, so it's things like that that I'm like, we've got to find an answer because she's so smart. It's ridiculous. Computers, I'm thinking I'm going to show her something. And she, she was four at the time. We're in the library, and I said, well, let me, sh-, you know, I wanted to bring up a program for her. And I said, well, let me show you how to work. And now in my brain, you know, I'm super Mimi. I'm the superhero. I'm the mm-hmm. Shiro Mimi. And so I'm going to bring up this program. And she said, but Mimi, I can do it. I said, no, wait, let me show you how. She said, but Mimi, I know how to do it. She got the computer, zoom, 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 and she was gone. What I'm trying to show her, she didn't even know about, but she knew it. You see? So I'm like, okay, maybe there's a connection there. Maybe there is something there that we need to dig a little bit deeper. What are your thoughts? Um, you know what? My son is like that. My son that has ADHD sort of acts that way. Mm-hmm. Um, he gets frustrated very, very easily. Um, he has a lot of impulsivity there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what you're describing, he doesn't get in trouble at school, but um I do see that I do see the um the frustration and the impulsivity there mm-hmm. a little bit. Yeah, they they keep saying that she's not ADHD and I keep saying uh yes yeah, she is or something else. So, I'm digging for a different uh therapist. That's personally what I'm digging for, but hey, I'm just the Mimi over here. So, <laughs> Ladies, let me ask you this question because you know this show is always about love, life, sex, and flowers. I want to ask those of you that are in relationship how this has affected the intimacy with your partners, your husband, your wives, or or your significant others. And if not, how it is affecting the possibilities of dating. So any one of you can take that and, and let's see. Okay, since nobody jumped in first, but I did. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> I will say 
one of the statistics that I read, and it was astounding to me that, um, and this isn't the exact number, but I am going to look it up like your producer is going to look it up right now. I want to look it up to you, but it is a high rate of divorce among um, husbands and wives that have children living with autism families Mm -hmm. dealing with autism, because there is a lot of frustration involved. Um, My son, who loves his dad, I mean, loves his dad to no end, Mm -hmm. but when his dad is gone, Mm -hmm. his whole behavior changes. Wow. And so it is just a a tremendous effect on a child when – and that's the only way I'm looking at it. When the wow. parents are seeing eye to eye on whether it's a concern of education, mm-hmm. how much therapy, we're fortunate that that, that wasn't one of our arguments. Wow. Um, but it, it does, when you have someone that is going to stay on the ball about their child, mm-hmm. given a gift. And this is how I look at my life. I was given a gift by Adrian Artis. She gave up her son at 19 years old to me. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, when I found out that he had autism and I, I shared that with her family, um, you know, it took me a couple of weeks to really let it sink in. And then I shared that with her family. Mm-hmm. It, You know, we all just jumped in. But then when there's someone who loves you to death, but uh, I have something else I need to be doing to support you, and it's not this. It's not doing the research. It's not getting out there fundraising. It's not mm-hmm. getting out to therapy three, four times a week. Um, it takes a toll because one person being so much involved in, you know, his education and this, that, and the other, um, you, you get frustrated, you know. Right, right. They get Naturally. frustrated because there's some things that they want to do or they don't want to do, and they are either made to do it or they can't do it. My son has a problem with tying his shoes at seven. He gets mm-hmm. frustrated. I get frustrated mm-hmm. because I want someone else to help him while I'm doing something else to help him. Yeah, yeah. So, um, it is a high rate of divorce among um, uh, families dealing with autism, and it's right. very unfortunate because yeah. these children, they do need the support of both parents. Thank you, mm-hmm. Cheryl. What about you, Patrice? What are your thoughts? Um... Well, my son, me and his father, me and my children's father is not together, but um, he's in their life, and I understand what she's saying. What is it, Cheryl? Cheryl mm-hmm. is saying it is true because I know when, you know, we would have, like, disagreements on certain things, Ty wouldn't like it. Like, any kind of yelling or anything we disagree on, he gets very antsy. He doesn't mm-hmm. like anything like that, and... It's true, like a lot of the therapies or frustration and, you know, it's it's a lot. It's a lot. I mean, people see me and say, you know, how you do it? They ask me all the time and I'm just like, you know, you got to do what you got to do, but it is a lot. It's not easy. It's not easy, especially the single mom raising two kids. It's not mm-hmm. easy. Mm-hmm. It's not a piece of cake, but... um. I I I have been reading about that same thing that Cheryl said that it's 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 it does cause arguments and it's it's a big thing and right somebody like 
you know, if somebody was to date, like if I was to date someone or, you know, start seeing someone, that person would have to understand my child. Like, right. be, I, I'm, I'm very, very picky on stuff like that. Like, Ty has to connect with that person. They have to understand my child because not everybody could understand if why my son is having a meltdown or why he's doing this or why. You get what I'm saying? Not everybody right. has that passion. Exactly. Because also, you have to have patience. Trust me, patience, patience, that's all I can say, He has meltdowns, he's been through four iPads, he's he's been through two Wii's. He, let me tell you, it's not easy, but I mean, his meltdowns, it's like I know, I could know when something's going to trigger him off now because I study him and I know. Yeah. So before yeah. a meltdown is going to happen, I could know when, like when we used to go out in public and he used to have meltdowns and stuff, mm-hmm. you know, like too much noise and people talking and it's too much for him. Like now when we go out, he has in his Beats headphone and, you know, it blocks out all, everything around him. He just hears wow, the music and plays that, the iPad. That's, that's so great. Yeah, so it, blo- it blocks out everything. So I know what and what will trigger Ty off. And right. the guy who called in a while ago when he was saying his son does this, he should probably see what's triggering him off to do stuff like that. You get what I'm saying? you got to study these kids and pinpoint, because I could pinpoint and tell you what Ty would do and what wouldn't he do and what would trigger him off. I know my son at the back of my hand. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. You have to to study them. You have to study them. Tiffany, what, what, what would you say? I know you're married and you have the three children. And I have a question, actually. Um, I'm going to read it. As soon as you respond, Tiffany, I have a, a chat question that the producers letting me know that came in. So I want to respond to the chat. So I don't want to leave anybody out. But, Tiffany, what, what's your response on how it has affected you in an intimate relationship with your husband? Well, um, it's been pretty challenging. Um my daughter is right now a mommy's girl, <laughs> so she oh, follows me everywhere. <laughs> oh my god! Like she she'll follow me everywhere around the house. Um, she's very very attached to me right now. Mm-hmm. So um, therefore, she does sleep with us in the bed. So I was getting ready to ask you if she, she sleeps does. in the bed. So that kind of boots out some intimacy right there. It it does a lot because it's moments where you know I want to cuddle with my husband and she'll just come right in the middle in between us and then <laughs> I'll be like okay okay you know then I'll start giving her attention. So yeah, it it is challenging. It really is. Wow. I can only imagine it. Um, Again, you guys have been major sheroes um, in really putting forth efforts to maintain healthy relationships with your children, um, with your community, with each other, and support groups and different things. So I really, you know, once again, kudos to the parents and the different family members that have to face the beautiful gifts Um, and the beautiful minds of the children with autism. Let me quickly um, read this question, and this is somebody that has responded to what I was saying about my grandchild, about my granddaughter, and it says, Has the grandchild been tested for giftedness? Some children show behavior when they're bored and not been stimulated enough in school or in life. And, again, I I have not had my granddaughter tested. I know my son and daughter-in-law have had their, um, she's gone through 
you know, the the school counselor. She's gone through psychologists. She's gone through, you know, um, psychiatrists, and they just continue to say that um, it's a behavioral problem. Now, mind you, this is a military family, and it just may be from a military standpoint and not a, a dig deeper. Then it was also a point that was stated, it is not always the labels that um, are out there, but rather that my granddaughter could also be having food sensitivities that are triggering her. And the question was, has she she been to a naturopath, which I've not heard of, and I'm I'm glad that I'm learning new words, and I'll, I'll check that out. But you know what, that's another very good point and I wanted to bring that up to to you guys. We only have a few minutes left and so, you know, the producer's been wonderful because she's gonna come in and kinda bombard us with sponsorship information. When we're having a really good talk session, she doesn't always want to interrupt, but you know, we do have to pay the bills. However, <laughs> um do you find that food sensitivities with your children, any one of you? Um, yes, now. Gerald again. I'm sorry. Uh, yes, AJ has lots of them. And really? we went to food therapy to kind of overcome that. But the best food therapy is telling him you can't have this until you eat this. That's what I found. But he's not like there's no allergies or anything like that. It's just he wants to eat what he wants to eat. And that is also a behavior problem. Uh-huh. Wow. That's amazing. Anybody else? Well, um, my daughter, she has um, a lot of sensory issues, and um, that's pretty much how we found out about her diagnosis because her signs were more subtle. Mm-hmm. Um, like, for instance, she loves socializing, actually. <laughs> She's really? very friendly. She's very friendly and very sweet. She'll come up to you and rub your hair because she loves textures. She now, see, my oh. granddaughter does that same thing. She She's overly, how are you, and the rubbing of the hair and the touching of the skin, all of that. She does all of that. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, she's very, like, sensitive to textures. And, um... She, because of that, she doesn't have a lot of food she likes to eat. She's just now starting to be a little adventurous and try new things. But, you know, if she had it her way, she would be limited to cereal and oatmeal. Wow. Patrice, what about you? Ty is, he doesn't like to try new things, and he has a lot of sensory issues as well. Um one of them was with the oil hypersensitivity, and that's when, like, different textures and stuff, mm-hmm. he can't, like, say, say eggs, shrimp, fish, he will not, he won't taste it or anything because of the texture. And whenever he's eating something, he puts it in his hand and he smushes it. He has to feel everything he eats. And the only thing he's stuck to right now is macaroni and cheese, pizza, chicken nuggets, <laughs> and noodle soup. Oh my yeah, goodness! He, he won't try. He 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 will not try, and he doesn't like like different tastes. Like say barbecue chicken, he won't eat barbecue chicken. It has to be just plain, like plain, plain. chicken from Popeyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he will not. Wow. He won't. That is 
so interesting. Well, mm-hmm. guys, the qu- the question that we got, you know, I think Cheryl, you had mentioned um, the caller that uh, Lamar that called in from Canada. That actually was his question about my granddaughter, and he's the one who taught me about a neuropath, which. Oh, maybe it's not my producer saying no, it's somebody else from Canada. Okay, so I'm getting that all together wrong. Anyway, it's a very wonderful person <laughs> that has given me some information, but um, a neuropath, a naturopath is a holistic doctor with natural remedies. Uh, many families with children on autism spec- the autism spectrum use them with great results. Thank you so much, caller. Um, I'll get it together after a while. It's just so much good, good information. Um, I can uh, jump in real quick. Um, this yeah, is Cheryl. I do have a question for the other mom. Okay. Um, have either of you tried um, the gluten-free, casein-free diet? I no, haven't I tried it, but I spoke to moms, and they told, some of them tell me it works, some of them tell me it don't work, because I was reading this article, and it was saying something about, um, like, cheese, like certain stuff could trigger these autistic kids off, certain diets and the drinks and stuff like that. But I haven't tried it, but I want to try. I, I'm thinking about trying it, but it's going to be very hard because Ty is just stuck into his own way of what he wants to eat, and he's, he doesn't want to try new things. He will not try new things. But I've, I've heard about the gluten. Some parents tell me it worked, and some moms tell me it didn't work for them. Have you guys thought about juicing? Does anybody try juicing with, you know, like whole, I'm a Whole Foods nut, so I love going to get my juices from um, Whole Foods. Have anybody tried perhaps? That um, texture for AJ would be all wrong. Oh, that's right. That's right. I remember you did say the textures. Well, okay, well I give my dog? daughter the green one. She loves that. The green so juice that you can get mm-hmm. from um, Whole Foods, she mm-hmm. loves that. That is so amazing. Well, Cheryl said it seems to be a difference with the girls and the boys. So I'm just in listening to the conversation, it really does seem to be a difference. Yes, I think so. I I really think so because she doesn't. Um, I heard you guys talking about the flapping. She's never flapped. Um, she does do this little thing with her fingers when she's stressed out, and um, I know she's, you know, having a lot of anxiety when she does that. But the tantrums, oh, my goodness. <laughs> she has them. She has her share of um, tantrums. And um, like Patrice was saying, I can pretty much know what's going to trigger her, um, mm-hmm. you know, noises. And it's also a challenge with her brothers because they – you know, they don't really understand what's going on or why she screams a lot or, you know, why she has a tantrum, you know, because she doesn't like when they sing songs. It's almost like everything has to be on her terms. Like if she's singing her ABCs, mm-hmm. um, you can't sing with her. With her? Really? She does sing her own by herself? Ties the same mm-hmm. way. Really? <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yes. It's like she has to eat this. She has it has to be on her own terms. It has to, or it's not going to work. Wow, that's <laughs> so, amazing. That's some guys. Yes. I really. <laughs> I want to I just stop for a minute and just, you know, I'm hugging you guys. You can't see me because we're not in the studio together. And I really, once again, always just give kudos for technology because we're able to all come together talking about this fantastic. 
um, difference that our children with autism have. And I'm really appreciative to all of you that called in. As you know, we always want to end it with our flower because i got to let this producer get in here and talk about our, our folks. And then I want to end us with the song that I, I searched for a song all day long that I thought would be appropriate, and it's one of my favorites. So I'm going to end it with the song. But what is your favorite flower? If you had to say... Um, let me pick a flower for tonight or let me pick a flower, period, that will represent, one, how you feel about it, and two, just kind of a representation of that flower for autism. What would it be? Tiffany, I'll start off with you since you came on last, and we'll go backwards. Um, I would say probably a sunflower because it's bright and it's yellow and it could just brighten up your day and just light up your life. And I feel that's what my daughter does to me. She lights up my life. Okay, I'm bringing out the tissue. Thank you so much for making me cry right now in the most beautiful way. Patrice, what about you? Um, I don't know. I don't know what kind of flower. A, lo- no. a lotus, that means new beginnings. Oh, yes, beautiful. It means new beautiful. beginnings because um, this is like a new beginning. And, I mean, every day I learn more and more about Zion. It's just amazing the way he perceives, you know, the world. And it's just ties life through my eyes. I'm living I'm living his life, you know, and I learn more and more about him. And I just think it's amazing how he sees the world. It's very amazing to me. Oh, okay, I'm crying more. You guys are really getting me. All right, Cheryl, what about you? Well, that's a hard act to follow those two. And I mean, absolutely right, right. beautiful. <laughs> absolutely amazing. My favorite flower is the calla lily. Oh, and beautiful. when they bloom, such as my son, as he's blossoming throughout his life and throughout this amazing gift that he's been given, they bloom wide open and shine real bright. And that's what my does to me. I don't like any of you right now. I'm seriously cheered up. <laughs> seriously. Okay, so I'm going to end it with my flower. And, you know, each show I try to, not only because I love flowers and plants, I really do, and I think, you know, they're they're God's just greatest gift to us, trees and flowers. But I want to try to always find one that's going to be relevant to the show. And so because... Uh, this is Autism Month, and the color is blue. I did this long search and found a blue flower. And I'm going to give you the AKA name first because the other one is harder to pronounce. But it's called, it's known as Love in a Mist. Love in a Mist. And it made me think about autism and how in the midst of trying to understand what autism is and trying to figure out what my child has and just the whole fog of trying to, you know, come to grips with it, you have this amazing loving child that does the little things, that does the smallest of things that just rocks your world and makes you just fall in love with them over and over and over again. Despite all of the challenges, you have love in a mist. And so the technical term for this, okay, <clears throat> here we go, is called Nigella Damascina. 
probably totally mess it up. But once again, I don't speak all of these other beautiful Latin languages. But I posted the flower. It's blue. It's beautiful. And I wanted to give a representation of what autism meant to me and all of its beauty and all of its big, just fantastic, spectacular state. And I wanted to dedicate it to my family tonight. And I appreciate you, love you all, and I wanted to dedicate it to Autism Month, period. Guys, I'm definitely going to have the producer link all of your information so you guys can befriend each other so that you can be a greater support for each other. For those that are listening around the world, which we do have worldwide listeners, and I'm so appreciative, please, please, please connect. Take the information connect with people locally as well as international so you always have a support system. Guys, thank you much. And I do, do hope that we will see each other on the walk. I'm definitely going to sign up for some things and uh, hope to see you out there. Wonderful. Thank you for we are very appreciative of the show. Tonight we're speaking about autism on the Bare Truth with Jazzy Jones. Love, life, sex, and flowers. This night's bro- this night broadcast has been fed uh, via internet on loudmouthradio.com. Tonight has just been an awesome show. We want to thank all our guests, our host Jazzy Jones, for moderating this topic for this evening. We all realize that Autism Month is in the month of April. For all the organizations and those who are out there fighting for this cause, we want to thank you. And we want to continue to ask that you actually follow us each and every week, Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday evening. We currently have three shows that are actually operating and broadcasting live. Monday night, The Universal Mind with Roderick Watkins. Tuesday night, The Bed Truth, Love, Life, Sex, and Flowers with Jazzy Jones. And Thursday, Night Talk Live with J.L. King. We want to ask that you support us each and every week. You can actually dial in as a live caller at 347-826-7520. For all of those who have businesses, we want to encourage you to advertise with us so we can help get the word out about your business. And we do so by actually contacting the Loudmouth Media offices from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Monday through Friday. And that number to be reached is 706 706- Three six three three eight nine five, and now I would like to give the actual line back over to your host, Miss Jazzy Jones. Okay, guys, as I stated, I wanted to end this night um, with a song that I love. It's by India Ari, and because we've talked about our beautiful children and the little things that they do that makes us so happy, I wanted to end you with India Ari's "The Little Things." Um, peace and love and light for all of the families. Peace, love, and light for all of the people who are supportive of the families. And we will see you again next Tuesday, 8 p.m., right here on Loud Mouth Radio.
you. 